Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, the run into the most exciting season in the history of football is underway. The mighty Reds are in the hunt for four trophies and we have got that covered from all angles, whether it's pre-game. There are big similarities between United and Liverpool because of the history and the success and the demand to be the best. Post-game, when Liverpool got better in the second half, it came because we unleashed Andy Roberts. A plus Yes, excellent work in the XG goal timeline graph. Documentaries. So why not take a trip back in time with me now as we look at the story of the crew. Features. And interviews. Yeah, I'd I'd played against him in, in, I think it was just after lockdown, we played Blackburn and played Liverpool Anfield. There has never been a better time to join Redmen Plus and get yourself more Redmen content, more cultural features, closer access to the city of Liverpool, the club and the vibes on the streets of Liverpool as we head towards an unprecedented end to the 2022 season. What a ride it has been. Come and join us over on RedmenPlus.com. It is a streaming service built specifically for Liverpool fans and we want you over there whether you like video content or podcast content we have got you covered in your native podcasting app there are two tiers available Club Captain gets you access to all of the content but if you want more if you want to get closer to the Redmen TV team then you can join as a club legend get access to our Discord group and don't forget there's also a whole bunch of extra perks including free merchandise oh yes and live show tickets as well. Redmen Plus, the best independent Liverpool media streaming service on the planet today. Get involved. Head to redmenplus.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Redmen TV podcast. I'm Chris Pajak. I'm your host today. I'm joined by Steve Plunkett and by Ross Chanley. For this one, it is very much the morning after the night before, uh, and we will come to the Villarreal game. Don't you worry about that. We've got an action-packed, chat-packed show here. Actually, not really action I can throw a bit of action, but not much. Uh, chat-packed show here for you today. We will be discussing the Villarreal game. We will be discussing our quadruple attempts, of course. Uh, and the fact that those dreams are still alive and who we want in the final and everything else uh, that goes into it. And we'll be talking about Spurs in the next game a little bit. And before all of that, we've got an incredible kickoff question for my mate, Def Mute Dan. Um, so Dan has asked us, um, Stay, and I'll start with you here. Let's do it one at a time, actually, because I've gone through the question with you. You're remaking the original Star Wars, but you can only cast Liverpool players. Who? Are you casting in the current squad? Who would you pick to play Han, Luke, Chewie, R2-D2, C-3PO, Princess Leia, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader? Let's start with Han for Han. some reason. I don't know why you'd start with Han, but... Because he's cool, isn't he? And he's like the smooth guy, isn't he? So... Would you go with Hendo for him? Because he's kind of cool and plays it down I quite smooth, he's a little bit he? too uncool. He's a bit too much of a dad for me. Think so? <laughs> I don't know. I'm maybe, very maybe, much of a maybe. bad that's a, that's a tough one. Then, then that's, I don't know. Still, the other one possibly would be Virgil because now he's super cool, Ooh, isn't he? Oh yeah, that's a shout. You know, I was thinking Bobby. See, you've gone. You focused in on the cool thing, but like he's a bit of a rogue as well. Remember, so it's Bobby, Bobby isn't it? Probably is Bobby. Then yeah. see, I went Robbo, but now I think a user probably better because I went more rogue than. And cool. Cool who's, who's rogue and cool? Robbo's not cool, is he? 
No, he's, he's no, he's about as pasty as, yeah. yeah. It's got to yeah. be Bobby, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Bobby. Okay, Bobby for me, you know. Uh, we'll get the comments up and we'll have a look at them if you leave us yours. Luke? Salah, because yeah, he's a Salah. hero and I think he ripped his arm off, didn't he? <laughs> 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 like, oh, Ramos, that's Ramos brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Salah's going to come out with a black glove on. That's absolutely amazing. Salah then, yeah, that's, that's that one. Chewy? Canate, you don't mess with him. He's massive, and he'll sort it out. Virgil's good, Virgil. Yeah, that's true. I went with someone that looks a bit more like animal-like, so Costas. Oh no, (laughs) Ali would be a good Chewbacca. Yeah, he would. He's hairy enough, isn't he? He is hairy enough. Okay, let's go with that. Um, R two D two. I mean, it would be Shakiri if he was still here. Pick the smallest person. With the wide legs. Yeah. Oh no, he hasn't got wide legs, but we'll go with that. C three PO. It's massive, massive. All day long, isn't massive it? all day, no messing around. Princess Leia. Ross. That may also be Poppy because it's probably the <laughs> most destructive. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Man yeah. crush. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's I, can see, you, I can see where you're going with that because um, he. It, he, is, he can be a bit feminine on some of his Instagram posts, can't yeah. he? So, yeah, I'm happy to go. Bob, Bobby's getting multiple shouts here, isn't he? I'm going to go with Diogo Jota because oh, I think wow. he just kind of looked like it. <laughs> 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 if you just put a couple of hair buttons on either yeah. side and you've pretty yeah. much got Leia there, so I'm dead sorry, Diogo. If I ever interview you, I will not mention it, I promise. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's got to be Millie. Yeah, yeah. Got to be the, the old wise man. The old yeah. master, sort of kids out, yeah. Darth Vader. He's not that got to be okay, Robbo. That's, that, that's got to be that's got to be for me. It's got to be Canate then. Canate again, imperious big dude that you don't say shit to because he's sorted out with a massive helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, I don't know who I put for that one, and it was Fabinho I went with. Oh yeah, yeah I like that yeah. because they take the mask off and basically you've got Fabinho <laughs> yeah, <he's> <laughs> inside there. Yeah. <laughs> what a question! So we will get through to that in a second. I'm on the watch along comments, so that's not going to help me out at all. Um, so was that everyone to... covered? Yeah, I think so, mate. Right. Yeah. So we're going to move on then. We've got the Would actual... Jürgen Klopp not be Darth Vader? I said players. Oh, did it? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I would have said Klopp's... Only one. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. It's all right. Listen, we've got um, we've got Reese waiting patiently on the line for us now anyway. Um, so we're going to talk about our sponsor this week, which is Who Knows Wins. Um, before we get into that, hello, Reese. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, afternoon, guys. How's it going? I was thinking Salah for Darth Vader, but then when I heard you mention a massive helmet, the Canate, that tickled me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Who am I giving this hat to? Is it Ross again? And why is it Ross again? It is Ross because he's there, essentially. Um, you know what? Some absolute belting scores last week. Silent Tom, they have to be absolutely devastated. They got 9 out of 10 last week. Wow. And they only got 11 pounds. Because we had 34 people tied with 9 out of 10. That's amazing. There was a few people who got 10 out of 10 and won like three grand each, wasn't there, there last week? Yeah, there was two players who got 10 out of 10 and they won £3,350 each. Getting them all right. I didn't think it was one of those ones where you could get them all right, to be honest. No, it didn't look like it. How many did you get? I got five. Oh, that's a shame for you. Yeah. Was your cap? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point, actually. But you're yeah, there. Remember those massive so, headphones? Yeah, can you imagine? I'd have to play right over the top as well, like you did last time. <laughs> that looked pretty funny. So what games have we got this week, mate? And, and why is Ross going to lose them? Uh, because he loses every week, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got a minute. <laughs> mate, you've I, lost so much. I think the cap suits you. Twice I've lost. Yeah. I had a couple joint bottom on both. I just happened to be on the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Notice she took a holiday when you lost. Uh, did I lose? Yeah. Did I really? Yeah, we photoshopped you into it. Oh, did you? You didn't know about that, did you? No. Okay. What's the games <laughs> this week, Reese? <laughs> right, this week we've got six Prem, two La Liga games, one Serie A and one from the Scottish Premiership. Premier League games, we've got Brentford versus Southampton, Burnley versus Aston Villa, Chelsea versus Wolves, Palace versus Watford, Brighton versus United, and then our game against Spurs on Saturday evening. And then, games there. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are. I mean, you look at Burnley, they're still down there scrapping. I mean, United away to Brighton, are they going to collapse? I hope so. 
But then two La, Liga's, yeah, yeah, the two La Liga games we've got, Real Betis versus Barcelona, Atletico Bilbao versus Valencia, mm-hmm. Serie A, Lazio versus Sampdoria, and one in the Scottish Premiership, like I said, that's Birmingham versus Aberdeen. That Lazio Sampdoria game in about 1995 would have been a belter, and yeah. I would have absolutely been watching that. The Italian no, League. Yeah, it's gone to shit, hasn't it, the Italian League? I feel sorry for them because I used to love watching the Italian League, and yet it's nothing nowadays, really, is it? Some really good games in there, mate. Have you got any tips and tricks for us on the old foreign leagues? I think with the foreign leagues, you've got to look at the table, look about where they are, and then look at their recent form record. You know, you can have a little look at the BBC, that tends to be a good help, but. I mean, I do that and I tend to get five out of ten. I was just about well, to say, like, I'm just going to be the opposite of whatever you say, to be honest there, Reese. I, I would go, to you every week now. Yeah, I'd probably take that strategy. That probably would get you in good stead. Mate, that's absolutely superb. So, who knows wins? We've got the pick ten again this week. That's the one we've talked about. Have you got any other big ones today? We're starting the pick ten. Um, we should have a couple more. Uh, we've obviously got one for tonight for the City Real Madrid game. We've got a league for that, so that could be a bit spicy, depending which way it goes. Um, but I think we get to sit back and relax now after last night, don't we? Yeah, I think we absolutely do, don't we? Right, so get that, get on uh, Who Knows Wins. Uh, link is in the description. Uh, it, it could join that pick 10 league. It's boss, like we're all talking about it outside of this podcast as well. Like ribbing each other through the weekend and stuff like that because Ross, we're ribbing Ross through the weekend generally. Um, do you know what I did? Nothing. Well, I tried to be a bit maverick, which now turns out to be stupid and I put Leeds Man City as a draw and just left it. No. I know. But that was just, hope. I don't blame I know, you there. But that some, was hope, sometimes you've got to do that just in case yeah, the yeah. Other result does come up. Because it can happen, can't it? Yeah, it can. Like, it can, but it didn't. If Ross is, just do the opposite of Ross and Reese, and you'll be fine. Do, be like Si and Tom, <laughs> 9 out of 10. I mean, that's just incredible, 9 out of 10. It's unbelievable. Play him for a fiver, of course, and you get the chance to get a, a share of £10,000 or whatever it was last week. Is that what it was? And then, you know, if you get it, you get 10. <laughs> the winners shared 3000 odds each, which is unbelievable. Obviously, if you lose one, you can still get money on it, and that's the best thing about it. If, if obviously, if you lose one on an accumulator, then you're not going to get your victory. You're not going to get your money. But in this game, you've still got a chance to win. There's big money handed out every single week. It really is fun to play we are talking about it behind the scenes it's been absolutely brilliant Reese. thank you so much for coming on and talking about it once again mate we'll yes, see you next fun. week I'm sure and uh, have a good weekend and, and hopefully I'll beat you once again you too guys hopefully not right, we're going to crack on with the podcast then uh, thank, big thanks to Reese and, and who knows wins really is brilliant so get involved um, if that is your bag of course um, you know if you're not into that type of thing totally understand don't feel pressured in any way shape or form uh, we are here though now to talk via Real Liverpool um, I'm just going to sh- share a, a quick little thing from Jürgen Klopp's press conference last night so we're going to roll that right now Outstanding, massive, feels like it's the first, to be honest, um, because it's always so special. It's, for me, the best club competition in the world. Love it, love the, the, the sound, everything, love the night, to the, what respect to Villarreal. Um, this really wonderful stadium, what the people doing here is, is absolutely incredible, what Una is doing incredible, the players, how they put us under pressure, everything is great, so it feels so special because it was so difficult for us. Um, but um, in the end, we deserved it as well, and that's that's really cool. And um, it was massive, massive from the boys. Um, so before the game, I told the boy I would like to have to read the, the headlines, which is um, uh, that uh, the, the mentality monsters were in town, just because I wanted us to be from the first moment not that somebody like somebody who defends the result but goes for the the the, the three points or for the for the win. Couldn't see that, but the second half was like this. And um, I'm not 100% sure, but I asked for this in Spanish, and I think it's mentalitare monstrosos, something like that. Um, sorry, uh, but maybe somebody can figure it out. So for me, it was like this because it was you could see how much we, how impressed we were in the first half, and then coming back like we came back in the second half is really special. Uh, with uh, 500 games, like it feels with the boys played, it's completely normal that a, situ- that a thing like in the first half can happen. But reacting like we reacted made it really special again, and that's um, I'm really happy about that. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Red Men TV podcast. Jürgen Klopp talking there about uh, the fact that Liverpool are mentality monsters. That is what we're going to be talking about right now. Steve, 
it was some game last night, wasn't it? A proper game of two halves. Yeah, sitting there the first half thinking, who's this? We don't do this. Nobody wanted the ball. It was like, give it the ball to somebody. He didn't want it. They give it to somebody else and he didn't want it. And it transcended itself across everybody in the team. And it was, it was nervy. They were nervy. We were nervy. Everybody was nervy. And then obviously, as you say, game of two halves, come out in the second half. Just totally took control of the game. The Diaz uh, substitution was the catalyst for that. That guy's immense. And I said on here last week that we will be having conversations along the same lines as we have about Mo Salah with this guy in years to come. He is unreal. And he gave us a completely different dynamic. And it was an out ball, which we didn't have in the first yeah. half. And I just thought, to take control of it, the, 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 the two halves are so different. Just completely different in terms of no control, no no game plan. Why apparent. do you think that was? I think the occasion got to us as well. You know, at the end of the day, people keep saying we've been here before, but you have to put the human factor in. It's still nerve wracking. It's still two 0 as clock quite often references. Is the worst scoreline you can have because you don't know whether it's a stick or bust. And what we did was neither of the two, and then you kind of end up with a mess, and that's mm. what it was. Mm. In the first half, I felt we should have gone long. We should have used a long transition, the ball right to left, because that's what teams do against us when when we're, you know, to try to stop us from playing. I was surprised how high up the pitch Villarreal played because it was like 40 yards of difference from the first game. But we knew they had to do something different. So you try and ride that pressure in the first 10 minutes and quieten down the stadium and, and, and reduce the intensity of the, of, the, of the occasion. And then they go and score. And euphoria follows the goal, doesn't it? And then for the next 15 minutes, it proper is backs against the walls and we're really under pressure. It felt a bit like that City game in the league in the first half where we just couldn't get out. And then I said to Ian, Ian Young on WhatsApp, whatever we do at half-time, this is Klopp's biggest half-time of his career at Liverpool because this needs to change because they'll score again. And thankfully it he did. did change, didn't it? And Rosh, I want to dwell on that first half just a little bit more. Because like, I think the one thing that took me by surprise is they look like Liverpool yeah. and we look like the Real <laughs> from the first leg. And they, they played like Liverpool. They played high line. They pressed everything. They pressed us. Harry does. We couldn't pass. It, they were incredible first half. Yeah, but to some degree, I kind of expected them to play like that. I don't think I, I expected them to execute it as well as he did. So when Steve spoke to Gillian Balagay, he said that's how they play. Yeah, I they that That's one, yeah. exactly how they play, but they won't do that at Anfield. And I know he came under a bit of a, under a, bit of a criticism from uh, one one outlet in, in Jason Cundy for how they played at Anfield, but it's a European away tie. You do what you have to do to get yourself or keep yourself in, in the second leg. And they did. I think that credit should go to them and their fans because I think we do it at Anfield. You know, Anfield's the cauldron where like, we're the 12th man. There is no reason why another team can't do that and be exactly the same, get behind their team. They had nothing to lose. They were confident in the way they were playing. They had some players that came back that weren't available in, in the first leg to them as well. And like you said, you euphoria follows, you get on top. And it, it just it looked like a sneak peek into um, being a Barcelona fan in 2019 mm. and when they played at Anfield mm. and going, fucking hell, like, we've got superstars all over the pitch, but we're just, this, this, is, this is not us. Um, unfortunately, we, we closed that curtain and we got through it, whereas Barcelona obviously got knocked out. So it's possible. And it's nice to have those moments, I think, because I don't think we ever go into it being arrogant or think that we're, that we're through. But it's nice to know that you're not invincible because it makes the victory even sweeter it makes it even sweeter and again it's a learning curve for the players on the pitch yeah. isn't it every one of these lads you mentioned it we've been there before we're experienced they've won multiple trophies but even the you know the most decorated of Liverpool's players at the moment Thiago was dog shit mm. first half quite frankly you know what it was, the midfield was run all over they had no passes available to him no one was picking up pockets of space getting themselves even a half a yard of passes space from everyone was shocking it was, yeah. I mean I think I looked at the centre-backs last night and I think they were like 74, 75% possession. So that's which for a centre back in Liverpool's system, that's that's not good. Like you need 19 above from your centre halves. Because a lot of the time you're playing it to your other centre half, maybe a full back. You know, Virgil obviously is incredible at those long switches as well. Even they weren't working. Well, especially those ones weren't working and stuff. So Liverpool found it tough, but we'll we'll learn from that. And that was the thing that encouraged me so much, actually. At half time, is that you know our Discord group? It's it's always brilliant on those big nights and when Liverpool are behind and stuff like that because we got a mentality built into that Discord group now of, of fans that they understand how how we are and and what's needed. And the best thing is everyone pretty much like for like was saying we're not going to get two forty fives like that. It's just mm. not possible with this side. And Liverpool second half clock tweaks it. 
it does that big team talk, I'm sure Rick Moe Salah said he did a little bit of shouting yeah, at the yeah. end. I imagine that shouting would have been a G up any given Sunday style speech rather than hairdryer treatment personally. But he makes the, twi- the switch, sorry. They start finding the passes, they start finding the space. Diaz comes on and Liverpool take it from there. Well, Klopp's very philosophical, isn't he? He's not a man that centres on negative, so I would have thought he would have given them information they could work with rather than just randomly screaming at people for giving the ball away. And that could have been any of them in the first half. Um, as I role. said before, you know the, the, the switch to bring Diaz on and, and his willingness to bring the ball down and go at people, it's an out ball. It gives you, it gives you defence, time to step up. I've said this yes. many, many times. When our centre-backs step up to the halfway line, it's game over. And it's exactly the same for our chief rival City when they do it, it's game over. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. They just take control of the game. Within five minutes of the second half started, our back line was 30 yards further up the pitch. They didn't have the pace to run in behind us, so, so the long ball is not really an option for them. And we saw that at Anfield. So, so we took control of it. What is really pleasing for me is that we can go from what is, what is a shit show, basically, in the first half, to come out, have a 10-minute reset, listen to what's been said between Klopp and Linders and, and, and obviously the senior players, go out, put a second-half performance in like that. That shows the level that we're at. We've, we've gone from being pretty poor, let's be honest, we were, to having that elite mentality and that elite game plan, and it, and it saw us through. And if you didn't understand Liverpool Football Club, you'd watch that game and think, what's happened to Villarreal in the yeah. second half? Because they're not the same team either. That's because they weren't allowed to be. That's mm. because we did what we do. We took control of the game. We kept the ball. We, we Like you said, we used the centre-backs. That 70-odd percent, probably most of that came from the second half where we recycle and try down the left. When it breaks down, we work it back across the centre-backs and go down the right. Um, I think the feature of the first half as well was the full-backs gave the ball away every single time they had it and, and that improved in the second half. I yeah. think the one for me was the midfield. Because you know, I've said this a few times, that dynamic in the middle needs to be perfect for it to work. And when the midfield doesn't work, we just we don't have control of the game at all. And I was quite surprised that it was when I did the starting eleven. I wasn't sure whether to play Thiago or Keita and Henderson be the other one because I think you need that kind of mm. control and that pressing from Jordan Henderson. And then it proved me wrong because in the second half, he, he stuck with Keita and Thiago midfield and it, it turned out to be pretty well. But he said in his post-match yesterday that um, Peter Kravitz said we knew what the issue was. But we didn't have an example to show them from the first half what we did well. So they were able to correct it. And I think that's always a thing of... I think it was a combination of <clears throat> can't be their album mental, mentally and physically keep that up what they did in the first half. Yeah. Can they keep the momentum from the first half, which I don't think they probably did. And can we correct it from what we did? And are you back, Jürgen Klopp? Numerous times we've had a poor first half. We come out second half and we're not the same. Yeah. Don't you find yourself in recent weeks longing for half time for different reasons? You know, we need we need to get in and regroup. We need to get in and have a conversation. The City game I referenced before last night as well. And in other, in other games, City in the FA Cup final, you don't want half time. So in the FA Cup semi final, so half time has become like a bit of a story for us in recent weeks for me. Yeah, no, it, it has actually. And one of the things, obviously, that was introduced at half time was Louis Diaz. We not really dwelled too much on him, you know, but his impact there. For, as you mentioned before, for getting the size up. But it's that fear that he puts into defenders for me. He's got this uncanny ability to scare the shit out of players and they've got no idea. We know he wants to cut in on his right, but he'll go left if he thinks there's an opportunity. And he's going to, all of a sudden, not only does he buy Liverpool a bit of time to get out, he then goes in behind and then all of a sudden Fabinho's that 40 yards, 30 yards from goal and we're penning them in and they can't do anything about it. And it feels like that wave upon wave of Liverpool attack and pressure. But that was all started by Trent having the free, having the free, short free kick from Robbo and hitting the bar. And what, once that happened, mm. I felt the belief within the side. You know, the first goal happens and, and Steve talked me through it. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's Diaz's thing is, is to get behind, isn't it? To try and get around the back. Um, so, you know, I've forgotten the first goal. Fabinho. Fabinho, yeah. So, yeah, the little work around the edge of the box and, and, and make a little uh, space for Fabinho to get in and he looks to square it. Does, sees yeah. the goalkeepers come out to do what he should have done in the first leg for the first goal instead of staying at home and getting beaten by the deflection. I'm just going to have a go. How that goes... The goal from the first leg. I know, that's <laughs> incredible. No, walk then. It all came back to me. It all came back to me like in a yeah, rush. Yeah, um, yeah so, so he, he just batters it and it goes through the keeper's legs. It's, it's dreadful goalkeeping, to be fair, isn't it? And, and it shouldn't go through the goalkeeper's legs from there. But 
I think from that moment on, given the start we'd made in the second half, I'm pretty sure you would agree. You're thinking job done. They're not. They've not got two more goals in them the way this game's yeah. going. If we're mentality monsters, they were broken at that point, Ross. You could yeah. the, the the stands had changed. You could see the the flags weren't getting waved. It wasn't <clears> anywhere near as loud. You could hear the Liverpool fans all of a sudden, and their team looked like we did in the first half, and that they were just going to fold. Yeah, because they know how possible it is to kind of come back. Okay, they got a two nil lead. A deficit, sorry, they cut it within the first half. When Liverpool start taking control, I don't think we start conceding more goals straight after that. And it's again a mentality of their players. Their goalkeeper, I think it was atrocious in, in, in both legs. I'm surprised that would maybe not be a message at half time saying get some shots at him because we didn't have one in the first half. He's there and the we first did. First cross where he punches yeah. out and you think, yeah. fucking hell, man, yeah, why have we, we not done yeah. more of this? But again, we know we've been there. When he starts doing that, what's the what's that message sent to his centre backs and his full backs are going, fucking hell. Nerves yeah, twitchy. Exactly. And equally for us, okay, let's get some crosses in here. We've got the people, we've got the best cross, two of the best crosses in the world. Let's put some balls into the box, shall we? Or we'll have some shots. I don't know if Diaz. He's might be the, one of the most exciting signings. Like I know it's recency bias. I think it's Manny. Matt said the same about Manny when he when he first came. You in. Imagine Manny yeah. when he first came. Um, and you talk about the fear that he puts into opponents. It's the fear that he doesn't have. Exactly. I, it, you know, it, wherever Klopp said to him, go on and just be yourself. I don't think I've ever seen someone be so free with the ball. He is relishing yeah. everything at the moment, isn't yeah. he? Like you know. He's playing for a big side in Porto, comes over to Liverpool and he's he's challenging for a fucking quadruple. You know, he bags a trophy within a month of of arriving at Anfield. You know, they're in the final of the FA Cup. We're going to talk about all this later. Massive, massive fight in the league going on. You're in a Champions League semi-final. He's been a big part of it, probably more of a part than he thought he was going to be, I think, Steve, mm. when he came in. I think a player coming into a side like Louis Diaz is probably full of confidence, thinks he's going to break into the side, but also must be looking and going... Salah, Mane, Jota, Firmino. I'm coming in as fifth choice, make no bones about it, but I'm not accepting it and that's the difference with him. That's the street fighter in him and, he, yes. and we reference the same that with Suarez, that they both have the street fighter in them and I think he plays football for the for the love of the game rather than, than thinking too much about am I going to you know break in. You look at the left-hand side of, of our attack, it was Mane or Jota and suddenly we had a third one to it and right now he's probably in the box seat to play there. Yeah. He puts the ball down off the floor, he's got great control, he's got great awareness of what's going on around him and he wants to get round and get in behind people. It's really, really good. I, I, I think the guy's absolutely brilliant. I love him to bits and it's this this raw, this, this street fighter side of him where, you know, Mane's a bit more, been around a little bit more, a bit more cultured. Salah, Salah, Bobby Firmino, drop short and all that. He gives us something different and we saw that last night. His first thing to do is, right, I want to get the ball down and I want to face you up because I'm going to go past you and you're not going to stop me. And that, that's that's a real breath of fresh air. And in the time, as I said before, in the time it takes him to do all of those things, the rest of the team can position itself to set the traps for if we lose the ball. Mm. So that was massive, massively obvious yesterday that that, that ability for him to hold the ball, try and beat people and try and create stuff. I mean, he even tried the scissor kick, didn't he? The yeah. no-look scissor kick. Um, yeah, I wasn't just the confidence. so pleased about that one. Like, <laughs> just get it in the net, lads. But Shows his confidence, though, it doesn't does, it? Yeah. It and does, it does. It's mad because I think there's... You can look back to, obviously, the Alisson header, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips. There's so many components to why Liverpool are on for a quadruple. But I think he's been a major catalyst since January. Obviously, he had two lads or three lads over at AFCOM. Um, we've missed Bobby Firmino. Well, Bobby Firmino has been missing for the past few weeks. I don't think we have missed him. Sadio Mane's been able to redefine himself and find himself again in a number nine role, all because Luis Diaz has, has come in. And I think if we didn't have him, I dread to think where our season would be right now. I'm not saying he's the sole reason for it, but I think he's a major, major part in doing that. He comes on semi-final FA Cup and against Man City, he takes 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 a piss a little bit, plays in the Carabao Cup in January and scores in the same against Cardiff. I think he did, didn't he, for his, for his debut, his mm-hmm. first goal. And he comes on in Champions League games and just just tears it up. Well, let's let's move and talk a little bit about Man. I've got a comment here from Ryan versus Louis. Says Man is risen like the Phoenix. Is he in the centre to stay now? And you know, maybe I'll go first on this one. I, I love Sadio Mane in that number nine position. I've I've thought for probably the last eighteen months that his powers might be waning a little bit on the left hand side. So I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's a top five player in the world. And I did have him that high up in the world rankings of sort of players, Mane. Um, I don't know whether it's I don't I don't think it's because he's lost any pace. I think it's just because he's a he's such a known quantity nowadays that it just becomes more and more difficult. Like I, I liken it back to, you know, when you when you're young and you play footy in the park with your mates, you know all the moves, 
And it's very difficult all of a sudden when you've been playing footy with someone for five years in the park to be able to actually beat him cleanly. You know, you might have to use your body and shoulder him and all that and just sort of bundle it past him a little bit because you know each other intrinsically. I feel like Mane has been sort of reborn in this number nine position right now. And it's a position that he was actually, he seems to be relishing, you know. And, and what we've seen with Diaz, I sort of mentioned this a minute ago, is... Diaz is coming in and doing the things that Mane did do. Mm. You know, beating that man first five yards, putting it past him, going past him, tricking him, bamboozling him, and not being able to have a, have a sort of understanding of where he's going to be. He's such an enigma at the moment, Louis Diaz. But I don't think Mane's necessarily that enigma anymore that he that he once was. That, to answer the question, I don't think it has to be fixated. I don't think he's nine, that's his fixed position, that's where he'll play for the rest of his Liverpool career. I just think he's another option for Liverpool. And from his perspective, to answer your point, Changes because there's a rest. Yeah, you know, you're talking about opponents coming up against him. He's going into games going, okay, left wing. or two people in front of me. Fucking hell, like you know, I've got a lot of fucking work to do here. Whereas, all right, well, Lewis Diaz is coming here, mate. You come, you go move yourself into the middle of the park and you do something different, change your game up a little bit. And I think the same might happen with Mohamed Salah because I think he's getting to the same point now. I know he's still getting assists and he's still getting goals, but the criticism that he's getting. He goes into every game. He's got three, four people marking him. What's he supposed to do? That opens up the middle. It opens up the left hand side. I think it does. Un- yeah, but, but that, what's the same in the team? In next season, or maybe at some point in the rest of the season, put Salah in the middle, put Mane on the right. Did you well, he's been in line before, hasn't he? Yeah. He's led the line before as a, as a more orthodox nine in a sort of four-two-three-one. He's been a central point of that. I think the thing with Mane for me is he's, he has reinvented himself a little bit. I think he suffered massively from our injury crisis and our lack of system last year. Because mm-hmm. if you think on the year before, he had he had. Went out and behind him, and he had Robbo going past him, and he had Firmino coming from centre to the left hand side, and they had a little bit of a, a, a pattern to play going on down there. When Genie left, and we got all the injuries. He very often was up there on his own, so he trying too hard to beat two or three people, and lots of people, myself included, said he's probably trying too hard, and he's forcing it a little bit last season. What he is through the middle is really, really aggressive, yeah. and, and I love that about him. And if you're a centre half, we t- we tell our centre halves to be aggressive and win the ball. It's it's, it's what they do in football. Yeah. He's matching that aggression. He must be horrible to play against because he's got a few dark arts as well. He likes to leave a foot in, doesn't he? Um, I think what's really interesting is we thought Jota would be the guy that would fill in for Bobby when mm-hmm. Bobby was absent. Seems to me that Mane's got in front of him in terms of, of that nine position now. Yeah, I think you, I think you're right, and you know, for for me, there's there's a few things to sort of unpack with that. Is that I I and I said this on the the final word on Redman Plus before, so apologies for anyone for for repeating myself here, but I've got I think that you know that there comes a time when teams change how they play against Liverpool Football Club. Like there's a there's a there's a blueprint, as it were. You see a team doing what Everton did, and you think Villarreal are going to come and do and try and do exactly the same. For example, we see it time and time again over the course of a season. And I think over time, teams start to go, oh, we're going to play like this against Liverpool. And what that does is it's like, we're going to stop Salah and we're going to do this. And then the left-hand side, all of a sudden, Louis Diaz is in great form. And then they go, oh, shit, well, Diaz is hurting everybody. We're going to move over here. Jota starts to pick up goals. Then all of a sudden, oh, fuck, we've got to watch Jota, Mane or Salah start to score the goals. And that's the that's why we're such a hard puzzle to sort of solve is if the left don't get you the right will type of thing. And and, and, and that's why I think it ebbs and flows between who seems to be in form, yeah. who's in the right position and who's not in the right position. Jota's time will come back, I'm sure of that, but he was poor last night. Yeah, and I think the other difference for this season, certainly, and I know we couldn't do this for large parts of last season, but the first thing I noticed in pre-season games was the extra midfielder getting into the box. The amount of bodies that were coming in, the extra question that we're asking, because as you just said there, you know, two banks of five, what do you go, go and do? You stop Liverpool's forwards, and it was kind of, we pass it round from side to side, waiting for the right moment, and then it's crossed into the box, headed, cleared, and whatever. Now we're seeing Harvey Elliott get into there, we're seeing Fabinho, for the, you know, I think he's playing ahead of Thiago quite a lot from seeing some of your stat shows, and he's getting into the box. Even last night, he's, he's getting goals, because we're able to push up that much. But fine, Mark, Jota, Salah, and whoever else it is out the game there's going to be another two lads coming up and, if and, not, and maybe Kanata two fullbacks. going to come from a, cor- <laughs> exactly. from a corner and knock exactly, one in on Virgil yeah. van Dijk and so it's choose your poison and it's, it's 10, 11, 11 bits of poison to choose from we are the most complete team I've ever seen Like in that stay, we can play any type of football you want you want to dog it out with us? We've got physical players. You want to play long balls against us? We'll head them away, no problem. We can go long against you if you come out, out at us. There's nothing that this Liverpool side haven't seen, crucially, and can't, can't overcome. 
Totally agree. And we're also ridiculously press resistant as well, aren't we? As we found out, you, you waste your time trying to press Virgil van Dijk. He'll just sidestep you and knock a 60-yard ball and suddenly you're in round the back. It's really good. It's the, the, the system works really well at the moment. Your point about the extra midfielder arriving in the box is, is, is a really good one. You don't score 139 goals if you're not doing something right, do you? And set a new record for the club with with six, six games, is it, to go? Um, at the moment... I think we're the best team in world football, all told. I don't think there's a team out there. Obviously, Manchester City over 38 games, that might prove to be different for us. Um, we don't play them 38 times and they wouldn't want to play us 38 times. And I think the first half of the FA Cup semi-final and they, they referenced making changes. They brought a £100 million man off the bench to play, so it, that doesn't wash for me. Um, we got it right and when we get it right, we do what we want and teams just have to follow us. We bully teams. We bully teams with football, as you said. We bully teams with physicality. Um, there's many strings to our bow. And I think in terms of the squad and the options we've got, you look at the midfield, there's five or six in there. Look at the back, back four, there's five or six there. We've got an amazing backup goalkeeper. And we've got seven guys up front who've got like eight goals more or more between them. It's an embarrassment of riches. And we've got good footballers who shouldn't be sitting in the stands watching, can't get into the squad at the moment. And that's hard for them. But for a Liverpool fan, and I agree with you, this is the best Liverpool team I've ever seen in 40 years as well, which is quite, quite an endorsement. I've seen 84, I had the 84 team down as the best. This one's better. I mean, you look, I had to remind myself last week at Villarreal at home, this was the European Cup semi-final. It wasn't fraught with the stress that normally comes from a, yeah, from a game that of that night. magnitude. Last night, I don't know, I can't even begin to imagine what went on in the first half, but we weathered it. We went in, we came out, we showed all of the things you've just said, that resilience, that ability to change the game plan for what, what is needed. And we got the result and Absolutely. Paris, here we come. And we will be talking very, very shortly actually about Liverpool's chances at the quadruple. We'll be talking a little bit and looking ahead at the FA Cup final against Chelsea. Uh, same with the Champions League final against either Real Madrid or Manchester City. And we're obviously going to have a little talk later about Tottenham and the rest of the league. But before we do that, uh, we've got a little bit of... Um, uh, I suppose it's a little advert for Redmen Plus. This is why you should join the run-in with us. Go deeper into the story behind Liverpool's most iconic away kit with this unique feature documentary streaming exclusively now on Redmen Plus. Go to theredmentv.com, sign up and watch it right now. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. It is the podcast on the Redmen TV. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you're listening in the United Podcast app or if you're watching it on YouTube, I'm glad that you are able to spend this time with us. Uh, we are going to talk now about the quadruple and Liverpool's chances. But before we do that, Ross just found something on Twitter uh, during the little interval there. Um, so it's on my laptop right now. It's from Nick Harris at Sporting Intel. And you can see this LFC's Louis Diaz has played more matches in 21-22 for club and country clubs and country 
64 than any other professional in world football. <laughs> of the five players on 60-plus games for club and country in the world, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane are both on 60, with a possible six more to come. Luis Diaz could hit 70 games, is what I'm seeing there, for club yeah. and con- clubs and country this year. Doesn't like it, does it? It doesn't. No. He looks fresh as a daisy, doesn't he? If daisy- a daisy's fresh. Not today. No. <laughs> Not today. It looks like Villarreal yeah, here, actually, at does. the moment, doesn't it? I was going to make a point before about Sadio Mane and his form, the battle football that he's played. I think everyone talks about Mo Salah and the extra time that Egypt played in, in AFCON and stuff like that. But Mane's played, obviously played a lot of football, but then I read that stat. I was just clicking through Twitter then. And Louis Diaz, you wouldn't think he's... I think he'd have fucking six months off, wouldn't you? It's mental. Have yeah. you seen the stats actually for him for um, goals and goal involvements and stuff by minute? Um, I think it was Simon Brundish put it out a few days ago on Twitter. I'm not going to have time to find it now because he tweets a lot. Um, <laughs> but it's ridiculously low. Yeah. And it's obviously it's taken across all of his minutes across both club and country. Or maybe it's just the clubs. It's crazy. Like it's Salah levels, goal involvement type of thing. It's, it's unbelievable. Could you talk about that in depth on a particular show? We do point. talk about that in depth yeah. on a particular yeah. show. It's called The Stat Show. And it'll be on tomorrow for the game against Villarreal on Redmen Plus. Uh, Frana in our Discord, though, before we move on to the quadruple chat, um, has said, going back to the kickoff question, Princess Leia, Ulla Klopp. It's a good shout. Yeah, the question was players, wasn't it? I know. They've not understood the question, but they have. They no. have the answer. Oh, in that case, if you moved it, the if you moved yeah. it to the club, it's a no-brainer, that one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, other club. Or Mona Nemer, because that's the only female that I know that works at the club. Okay. <laughs> Sounds, uh, right, quadruple chat. Are we going to do it? Yes. Are we going to do it? <sighs> yeah. Ooh. Yes! Yes. yes, we are going to do it. Um, first, do you know what's mad for me, Steve? First of all, like I've never, had, we've never had a season like this. Not, not quite to this level. It could all unravel. Don't get me wrong. And I thought, I think I saw on Paramount Plus or CBS or whatever it is, Carragher and um, Carragher and Henri talking. By the way, Henri's amazing on that Paramount Plus, yeah, and he's not that good on Sky. They just seem to utilise him in the wrong way for me. That whole thing, they're a lot more personal than it's it's well better, balance, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's so much better. So I love watching those videos. What I found really interesting is them talking about it, and you know what would happen if Liverpool just won the Carabao Cup, and doesn't really bear thinking about. I think they all came with, look, it would be a disappointment in some ways, of course it would, but like, what's mad for me is we've got an FA Cup final. kind of forgot about it, you know. Mm. We're, we're two weeks away from an FA Cup final and like we're not we're not buzzing about going to the FA Cup final and see, we should be. Yeah, we should, but it's part of a bigger, much, much bigger picture, isn't it? It's kind of like we have this fierce rivalry with United, and if we do the quadruple, it trumps and aces their their, their treble. And according to some people, well, but Stan Collymore, Stan Collymore, leave it alone, mate. Don't what be the saying fuck stuck like that. What the is he on about? Clown, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> mate, can't be coming out with stuff Eight like that. Eight half million pound clown. Yeah, I expensive. loved him by the way. I, I did. Cool. I thought he was I brilliant, him. mate. It's another conversation. I met him and I thought he was great as well. This opinion, this one opinion, terrible. Yeah, it's a bad take, isn't it? It'll be on that terrible takes thing on Twitter very shortly. Um, it, it is, but it's. I think we're all caught up in the crest of a wave that how many games to go, seven games to go, six games to go, they're only going to get worse, five games to go for, and so on and so forth. And then the FA Cup will be upon us. I think such is the clamour to do something that's never been done before that makes you immortal, and you can almost... Football could come to an end that day and you could just write completed and shut the book on it and forget about it because what else is there to do? And that's what's on everybody's mind. You know, even even Rio Ferdinand is saying if this Liverpool team do the quadruple, they've trumped and surpassed everybody. There are no equals. They are on a level of their own. They are the best there ever has been, the best there ever will be. This is probably the only year this is ever going to happen. Yeah. Probably the only year this is ever going to all come close to happening. And now that we're going to play every single possible game that could be put in front of us across the season, and no one's ever done that before, even if we end up with the Carabao Cup, um, we've had a hell of a season. And Do you know we, what? We just... Can I answer one part of that question? What's next? I'll tell you three things that are next. The fucking Charity Shield, the Super Cup and the Club World Correct. Cup. Because if you can do all seven, and if you do the four, you've got a really good chance at six for a start. Like... Charity Shields, it would be Chelsea, would it? Or does it go to the second place in the FA Cup, in the league? Um, yeah, it'd be City. Yeah. So it'd be City. That's a tough game again for a meaningless trophy. But if you can get seven of the seven available, 
in a calendar year. That that is truly immortal for me. Football completed it, mate, isn't it? Yeah. What, you know, what else you do? I think just for another angle on it, I think there's also a fear of a few things. Fear of a talking about the quadruple, and I don't think I don't think the players and the manager are of this. We're but, allowed. But I, know, we're fans. I know. Yeah. We're, we should hope, yeah, dream. Yeah, this is what we're but, here but we're for. We're allowed, but also it's I think that fear of the come down. You know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, it'll come down and melt down probably. Of course. Um, Something that made me feel better yesterday, I was listening to it was a social clip from um, Gareth Roberts yesterday and, and to what you just said there of, people should be proud of this team no matter what happens for the rest of the season because it's fucking incredible. Mm. This time last season, we were done. We were just coasting to the end of the season. Um, we were just wishing people to come back from injuries in hope that Virgil and Van Dijk would be all right for the season, in hope that Joe Gomez would be all right, in hope that Joe Matip could play three games in a, or two games. In, in, in a hope it. that it, Liverpool would return. In, yeah, in hope that Liverpool would return. Look, look at that thing that will, that will do the rounds at the end of the season of the pundits from the BBC and that little spreadsheet that they've oh. got where, what, where Liverpool would end up, what they'd do. Manchester United fans being, you know, well, we're far better than Liverpool now, we finished above you in the league, despite, you know, we had our eighth and ninth choice centre-halves and we conceded less goals than Manchester United did last season, which no one, no one cares to mention. Then they go and win the transfer market and then they go, go and completely fuck it up. The direction of this club and what they've achieved so far this season, if we don't, even if we don't win another trophy, we should be immensely proud of, of what they've done because it, it's getting to the point now where it's, it's, it's hard lines. If Manchester City finish above a point above us in the league, you shake the round and go, fucking hell, fine, fair enough. It's, it's, it is what it is. But ultimately, totally. we, we want all four. Yeah, of course we want all four. And, and somebody in the comments, their apologies, it, it, it's, it went past pretty fast, but he answered the what's next double quad. <laughs> <laughs> That's me in the bar when I was 21 in the in the quad bar. bar. Here's another what's next, another one, please, mate. Nice, absolutely yeah. fine. I'll take another four vodkas because that's a good idea. No problem with that whatsoever. Let's talk about um, the FA Cup final in a couple of weeks then. Chelsea look to be in a little bit of bother at the moment, don't they? They've lost a couple of games in the last mm. five. They've drawn a game. There, they've only won two in the last five. They're now getting dragged back into that battle with Arsenal and Tottenham. Arsenal, Tottenham both on the same amount of games. Um, Tottenham are five points behind them. To- uh, Arsenal are three points behind Chelsea now. Is it? It's got to be in our favour as it's stayed that Chelsea do get dragged into that, so they can't take their eye off the league at all. Yeah, totally. I think we've got a better goal difference of about five over Arsenal, so the the, the mathematics still don't rule them out being dragged back and potentially finishing even sixth. You know, they've got some tough games to come. I think what they will do, to be honest with you, is they'll separate FA Cup from the league because they've got a a, a decent manager and when they come into the FA Cup, they're going to be ridiculously pragmatic and they're going to work off set pieces. The Havertz goal at Anfield will be the thing they'll try and replicate. They're not going to come and try and match us because at the moment, that would be foolish for anybody to try and do that. So I think... There are easy opponents, easier opponents you can have in an FA Cup mm-hmm. final than Chelsea. It will be as stressful as the, the Carabao Cup final was, even in the form we're in, in the form they're in or perceived to be in. I genuinely think that they'll get their house in order and they'll turn up for that. Um, it, 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 at the time, when it happens, it will be massive. It will be a massive quantum leap to what we want to achieve. But don't, don't think that Chelsea's recent form and the, the news today that they actually might not exist in the not too distant. What future. happens if that is the case? We get the cup. The 31st of May is the, the operating license stop, so we'll include the, the cup will be done by then. And he wants his £1.6 billion out of it. So suddenly they're a £5.5 billion purchase for somebody. They don't even own the pitch. That's owned by a company called Chelsea Pitches. So what, what are you buying? You're buying, a, you're buying the real estate for the King's Road and you're buying a club that's been ran beyond its means for the last. I don't know, 17, 18 years, they're going to have to reinvent themselves as a normal football club without the sort of sugar daddy approach. Difficult times for them, but I still think they'll put that aside and they'll, they're, because they're professional and they've got experienced players who've won trophies and I think on the day they'll be well prepared, they'll be tactically well drilled. better rested than us. Yeah, and, 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 and it's a tough, tough game. I think I'd, you know, only Manchester City presents a bigger problem in a final than Chelsea for me. Yeah, and we've seen that in the last two finals we played against them. We've won them both, don't get me wrong, but we've won them both on penalties, Rash, yeah. and they've been proper tough sledding, each of them. Yeah, and that was the thing when Tuchel came in. Everyone said, highlighted his defensive qualities that he brought to that Chelsea team. I think when he first came in, they were just winning games like 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 kind mm-hmm. of thing, and they weren't really conceding many goals. Um, I, it, oh yeah, I would be interested to see that dynamic. I know you say it doesn't implicate the players. Um, as soon as you cross that white, white line, I think you're right, but how much does that subliminally plays on the mind? Mm-hmm. You know, Rudiger's going... Christian's going. Uh, I think there's one or other two. Uh, might, might be going in the summer as well. 
the Lukaku thing of they tried him, he spent a million pounds on a striker. Do you, do you play? Are you forced to play him in a final because you spent so much money on him, but he, but he doesn't work? It's just about you know when it comes to final, I'm sure that they'll, they'll get banged up for it, but he must be playing some role in their mind. You know, normalize it if, if you know if you weren't unsure about your future in your, in your job, like still your day to day, still 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 the, the, pro- the, pro- the problem is for them. <laughs> is that like a normal person would be like, shit, my job might end in a month. What am I going to do for money? These guys don't have that. Yeah, they have yeah, a lot course. of other yeah, yeah. stresses, don't get me yeah, wrong. But, but they still like, might have to change the future and, and you know, yeah, move the family, move the, the family kids from yeah, school, all, all, all that stuff. stuff it, it plays, plays a big part. Um, but again, you know, we've, like you said, we faced Chelsea a, n- a number of times and they've been pretty close. So <laughs> if you could pick three players from Chelsea, you're picking the bones of Chelsea Football Club. Who are the three players that you're taking? To play for Liverpool? Yeah. Havertz. Havertz is number one. Without doubt, because I think he could do the Bobby role. He's fucking boss. Yeah, he is, yeah. Kante. Kante still. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not in the form he's in now, because there's some question marks from my fan base about him. Yeah. Um, Mine was more around age, Kante, rather than if I'm picking three, I'm probably not oh, picking Kante because of his age. But I agree with yeah. him. As a player, I yeah. fucking think yeah. he's unbelievable. And he always poses those problems as well. Um, I, I like two players... Mount, I think, is a no-brainer for me. I think he's just a really good footy player. And Pulisic, which I think is probably a bit left field, but I just really like him when he plays against us. A bit like Alex Ferguson used to buy players who play well against Manchester United. Pulisic always gives us problems. But then I realised that this is I'm not building a squad here. I've just given Liverpool the eighth, ninth, and tenth forwards yeah. <laughs> for, what, for, for essentially. So I've, I've replaced Divock Origi and Minamino maybe with Pulisic. You're Mount, setting up a debate. So pick a Liverpool team of left wingers. <laughs> I've done that before. I take uh, Reese James to when Trent needs to rest in one in fourteen games. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a good shout though. Reese James is brilliant. We do need a backup right back. So we. Big players a right centre back as well, so he gives you yeah. another option. Or that's slightly more advanced, but Havertz would be the pick of the bunch, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. like Kovacic as well. I think he's a decent player. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player actually. I, I do like him. Okay, league. In fact, Champions League. Before we move on to the game against Tottenham Hotspur, uh, me, me watch is telling me to move. You would not believe how many times during a day I get this message from my watch, and sometimes it thinks I'm exercising when I've just walked to get a brew, and it's like, well done, mate. And I'm like, are oh, you taking the piss? <laughs> I was sitting still so much. Mine tells me to stand like one hour, like once, one minute every hour. But then I could just be sat down and he goes, you've done it, you've achieved your goal. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Ron. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, after a minute, sounds So Champions League anyway, um, I'll come to you first on this one, Ross. I think it's obvious, but who's your Champions League favoured finalist? That I want, or I think we'll get through. One. Real Madrid. Ovs. Yeah, 100% Real Madrid. <laughs> And that's been backed up by Mo Salah when he got asked last night post-match, who do you want? And he's like, he, if he could, he would have said, give me fucking Real Madrid. Give me Ramos and Madrid. Yeah, yeah even though he's not there anymore. That's but what I mean. Get, put, literally put him back in yeah. the side and I'll take one game. again. Put yeah. pictures of Ramos up in the in the changes for Salah inside his door when he, when he goes in. And I think there's, it's, there's a nice story there, isn't there, of you know of revenge and what we went through and how we progressed as a team probably since that first final against there. And, and Paris 81 and yeah. all that type of stuff. There's, yeah. there's loads there, isn't there, that you can get you your know, team I'd like to play him in the final with a goalkeeper turns up. That'd be, that would be a, that's a dream of mine, really. And also the fear of playing Manchester City. Yeah, you know. that's the overriding yeah. The fear of playing Manchester City and the fear of losing to Manchester City would be fucking Fear horrible. is a big driver in, yeah. in me wanting Real Madrid. Yeah. Like it really, really and is. Really. I just don't want to be the team that hands them the first European Cup. And we would never hand it to them. And if they beat us, they deserve to be the champions of Europe because I think we're the best team in Europe. Best team in Europe doesn't always win the Champions no. League. Ask Liverpool in 2005, ask Porto when uh, Mourinho won it. It's not necessarily like that. But if the two best teams do go into it and Manchester City do the unthinkable and beat us in the league and beat us in the Champions League, the big thing there is... The greatest side I've ever seen wasn't quite good enough, and that's the disappointment. Not the disappointment with not winning the trophies; it's knowing that there was someone better than us. Small margins, though, isn't it? You know, oh, of course it is, especially it, finals. Yeah, uh, the worry for me is that the, the, the second they get their first Champions League, they start to understand what the competition's all about. That makes them dangerous because their infrastructure is 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 so good. They go to a whole new level, and, and they wake they up need the fans as well, and they wake up to to what it is to be a, a Champions League winning. Club, we've this is our tenth final. It's it's ingrained in who and what we are. You know, I've heard a rival fan on the pod was on some months ago say Liverpool can be having a, an average league season, but you just know they turn up in the Champions League, and that's spot on. That analogy is actually spot on. 
it's a concern, and, I, and, and you're right, the fear factor of, of what would you, you know, imagine coming to the end of the game when we've lost 2 1 to City? You just switch, you just, where do you, what do you do with yourself? Because it'd be an awful Walk feeling, home, wouldn't it? Literally. Imagine how much they, could, they yeah. could fiddle the books if they do with the Champions League. We just got a load of new fans. We sold £10 billion worth of merch this week. That's a massive thing, though, the fans thing, because. Yeah. It happened to Liverpool after 2005 because of the nature of the comeback. And just when you win the Champions League anyway, you get new football fans who start to follow you. Even if you're a football fan in a different country, you've all of a sudden you've bought in and you're invested into a side, the fan base and everything that goes with it. City could become an actual big club off the field as well if they win the Champions League. Yeah, but on the field, (laughs) something that you said before, do you not expect it from Manchester City? To be in the conversation for the best team in Europe, best team in the Premier League. Of course, of course, but does Trev- it make it any less difficult to no, do? No, no, it makes it less difficult. But if you spent, you know, I'm not saying Liverpool haven't spent any money before I say this, but if you spent a billion pounds and you're bringing someone off the bench who's worth 100 million pounds, that team should be in the conversation for every cup, every season. I, I agree with that, right? But I will never, I can disassociate Pep and the players oh, 100%, from, yeah. from the money in this one. And I know they're, I know they're 100 million pound players. I know they are, but there are, there are other teams that have spent close to a billion. It were nowhere near good enough. Exactly. Two, uh, you know, Manchester United, Everton have spent yeah. a lot of money. Arsenal have spent nowhere near as much as the others. Chelsea are nowhere near us for the money that they've spent over the last 15 odd years. They were for a long time. So I can understand and recognise that Man United have, uh, Man City have financially doped for years. But the fact is, Guardiola is an exceptional coach regardless. He doesn't buy the players that you think he's going to buy. In the, you know, everyone who, Koulibaly or Upamecano, he didn't sign them. He bought Laporte and Diaz, who no one had fucking heard of. No one in the right mind is thinking they're the signings that are going to propel Manchester City the best. No one's thinking Cancelo's going to be it. No one truly believed Kyle Walker was a good fullback until he did it for seven years or whatever mm, it is yeah. at Manchester City. You know, how, did, how is he going to replace company and silver? Well, he has. He's answered those questions and probably with, di- with different players. The big one is Grealish. That's the difference where yeah. he's gone, I'm going to buy the obvious one. And that's probably the one that hasn't worked out most right yeah. now. He might have something to but, say before the end Grealish, of the season. But would Grealish just become a £100 million cog in a multi-billion pound machine? Yeah. So uh, Aston Villa was like, isn't he great? Because he's the focus of everything that Villa do. At, at Manchester City, he's just one of another... Been ridiculously expensive. If you sold Kevin De Bruyne tomorrow, he'd be 100 million. So there's not just one, there's several of them. I think you're right about disassociating the money and taking that out of the equation. There's two clubs in the Premier League at the moment that specifically buy for what they want, and that's Liverpool and Manchester City. And that's no surprise they're at the top of the top of the pile because everything, the due diligence, the analyst work, and all of that stuff is done professionally and properly. And they don't buy the likes of Paul Pogba because he's a big name. Exactly. I put Newcastle in that conversation. Some of the recruitment that they've done in January and with the amount of money, disposable money that they've got, I think they could have gone down that route pretty easily. But I think some of the signs that they've made have suited what they need, not on the same level as, as Man City and Liverpool, but I think that's, that's another club. Um, and they, They're going to have that problem though. At some point, Eddie Howe is going to reach the top of his capabilities. Is oh, yeah, Eddie Howe a world-class so. manager? Can he create a world-class project? That remains to be seen. The logical side of it says you need a... Klopp, Conte, Tuchel or Guardiola at the figurehead of a club like that. So Newcastle's one we'll watch with interest. I think they're, they're as far away from it as Manchester United, really. Yeah. Ultimately, that fear of Man City is respect, isn't it? Yeah. Because you respect that. It makes you raise yeah. your game now yeah. as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. And, and, and look, I'd much rather Real Madrid because of the spectacle of it. Two of the best teams that Europe has ever seen, two of the best teams in the competition, two of the biggest names in world football. The fact that we owe them one, the fact that it's Paris, everything else, the fact that it's not City, all fantastic things. The fact that it's relatively close for both and you'd see both sets of fans descend on Paris in, in a mad way. I just think it would be a much... I think, and, and we had a bit of disagreements about this on one of the last shows that we did, is I think that's the fan final that fans around Europe might want. I think a lot of English fans would probably want you know, Liverpool City, but it's close between the two games is what's the better final. Oh, Manchester City, in fans' minds, kind of irrelevant in terms of the club sizes we think they are because we don't recognise them as a big club or a big rival. Irrespective of Manchester United's form, they will always be our go-to for our rival. Um, does the rest of Europe look at Manchester City and think, yeah, they're a good side, but but what are they as a club? You know, uh, you're right. The heritage of football, heritage of Real Madrid, Liverpool, in Paris, just speaks volumes for that. If you're the sponsors, that's the one you want because, as, as you said, two of the most successful sides 
Um, Eight European Cups and six European Cups because I'm discounting the first five. <laughs> <laughs> two, <laughs> yeah, two games to win it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was that's it's like that, that, Did you hear that about that boxer? He was like, he was, oh, did he do these? I can't remember. Is it a boxer? No, I don't think it was. Oh, it was a golfer whose major honours pre the Open era. He had something ridiculous, like, I don't know, 20 fucking majors, 30 majors, 40 majors. Sometimes there'd be inv invitationals where he just invited one fella to play with him and stuff like that. Oh, no, it was snooker, sorry. It was a World Championship of the snooker they were talking about pre the Open era, and he, he would just invite Joe one Davis, person. Who? I think it's called Joe Davis. Joe, Joe Davis. Davis, yeah, and he has a ridiculous amount of, of world titles because he just invited one person to play him in a game of snooker and, and declared crap. himself <laughs> yeah. world champion. Pretty much like the Americans with any sport they do. Just... Play a couple of teams from America and declare yourself world champions. Yeah. <laughs> the World Series just in one country. Yeah, yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Oh, we're the world champions. You're the only country that plays here apart from Canada. No one gives a shit. And you're not the world champions. You've played nobody. I love the NFL, but anyway. I can't remember what we were talking about then. <laughs> you took us off on a mad Should we just go? Day, didn't Should we just go to the next topic? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> is the next game. Mm. Um, do you think, Ross, that... <laughs> Last night, will have taken it out of us? No. No? No. I like it? No, I don't, I don't think so at all. So I'm going to feel the wrath of a bad 45 minutes from Liverpool. I think the needs to be recognised the time period from Villarreal to Newcastle, from Newcastle to Villarreal, and to come out with those results, I think is uh, phenomenal from Liverpool. Now we've managed our squad, now we've dealt with it. Okay, we didn't have the best first half last night, but I think there's a big gap between now and Saturday night, which I've moaned and moaned about Saturday night kickoff for about a week now, why, they, why have they done that? But I think it might actually suit us um, playing a bit later on. Um, our record against Spurs is, is pretty good. I think they would have preferred to have been Newcastle position players at half 12 on a Saturday. I think they're under pressure because you mentioned before, it's so close between them and Arsenal for the race for fourth. They've got Arsenal the week after they play us. And Arsenal fans are all on it. Us yeah. now, like, can use yeah. do as a favour. Favor. Favor. So they ultimately need to, they need to win this game or they don't get Champions League football. So you think does that play into our hands mm, then when they're going to so. come out at us? I think they have to. Or, you know, the thing that does frighten me about them is the pace of Son. Yeah. If we play, if we play a I high line, that, I think there's any any team in, in the league, obviously Man City, they're the ones that probably frighten me the most. Yeah, because Son can go and he's an absolutely lethal finisher, isn't he, Steve? But with Conte's size, I mean, you know, Ross is right, we get a bit, bit of extra time to recover. I believe it's because... Um, of the championship or the games run at half 12 and right. BT normally have the half 12 game or is it the final so they've moved it to 7.45 so to not clash with the championship games I believe that's the case that's what somebody told me this morning I don't, I've not fact checked it or anything but you know that 7.45 kickoff at Anfield under the lights normally bodes well for Liverpool because you get a bit of a bit more of an atmosphere Saturday night few beers in you before the game and all that type of stuff it should be a big atmosphere. It's a big club coming to town in Tottenham Hotspur. Um, do you think Liverpool are going to be able to have too much for them? I do. And I think because we got through last night in the way that we did, um, the players celebrated it a little bit. I'm sure they did. Now they refocus on what's next. The fans come into the ground thinking, OK, so we got over the final hurdle for the European Cup. Let's have a bit of a party atmosphere here tonight. Let's get behind the team. Um, they found it tough playing against... Villarreal and their supporters. Mm -hmm. Let's try and replicate what we do and make it difficult for Tottenham at our place. I I think I think we're too good in the final third for them. I think defensively they have frailties, but you're quite right, both of you, in terms of their ability to counter-attack. Kulisevsky and Son are in good form and, and Harry Kane. The thing with Harry Kane is he's been dropping into a position to pick up the ball. Well, if he drops into that position against us, he's going to find Fabinho in that exact space. So, so in my, they might have to think slightly differently. It's a tough game. I, I wouldn't be lying if I said I wasn't worried about it because I am. Because I, I, you know, they will. It's the get... biggest of what we've got left oh, in the league. Yeah, and and the way they're set up to counter attack, we have seen teams try and go long into the corners, and they're, they're, that's a perfect tactic for that side. So we'll need to be fully focused and, and at it 100. percent Ross, who for you start up from for Liverpool? Oof. I mean, I'd love to say Salah, Diaz, and Mane. But I'm not too sure with the fact that Jota came off at half time whether that plays into our hands. We made a lot of changes to the VR game, a lot more than, than I thought we would. Mm. Um I think I probably would stick with those three, to be honest with you. Um, because I think on form, I think they're frightening. 
Or what you miss? I'm with him. Totally. Good. That's my vote too. I'll go with those three. Yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm in exactly the same boat to be honest with you, and um, I forget the game after it. It's Aston Villa, isn't it? I'm on just Tuesday it up now on the Tuesday. Stevie's going to be rolling over for us, surely. Is he? No, not a chance. He's not he's in his to do job. that, is he? <laughs> he's got to fucking start he's not, that man. he's not that guy anyway, no, is he? he? wouldn't, and that's what we love about him, isn't it? Is that he would he would put his results and his team above every, anybody else. But, you know, that's a short turnaround Saturday, Tuesday after another big week. I think the rotation is going to come in. Yeah. I think Jota does start. I don't want him to, don't get me wrong. Not because he's crap, but because I want Mane and Diaz and Salah. I think if Bobby's fit or Origi's fit, I think you... I think you might see one of them against Aston Villa. There'll be some changes, sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely changes wrong for that. I think Tottenham will get his respect big time. He'll put as close out that he can, but I think I'm with you. The Jota yeah. on 45 substitution. Well, there's two ways of looking at it. He has that? played 45 and Jota played 45. Was Does that, that mean both of them play? He's reserving Jota for the weekend, or was that because... I think we're all in agreement. Jota wasn't having a particularly no, good wasn't. game. No, 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 not at all. But, but he's, now he's fresh because of yeah. it. But he said it was a tactical thing. I think he got asked yeah, about the impact of Luis Diaz. And he came, it's not oh, yeah. gonna, it's not, he doesn't do his washing in public, does no, he? No, no. But he said the way that he was playing, the way Villarreal was set up, that he didn't, didn't suit it. So I think he's struggled a little bit since his injury. He, he's a guy that we talked about previous shows. We talked about Joe Gomez needing half a dozen games to get back into the swing of it. I think Jota falls into that category as well. Mm-hmm. And since his injury, he's not... I don't think he's been 100%. He'll still score goals because he finds himself in the right positions to do that. But in terms of, of, of the three that we've mentioned and we're all in agreement with, that's the full package. You get the aggression through the middle, you get the street fighter on the left-hand side and you get the cultured Mosala on the right-hand side. And You wouldn't want to face that, would you? No, yeah. not at all. Well, there you go. That has been the podcast for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Steve and thank you to Ross for this one. If you're listening in podcast form or, or on YouTube, thank you very much. Don't forget to like the video or give us a five-star rating on the podcast app. Check out Who Knows Wins if you want to get involved in that. Um, mine and Ross's and, and mine, Paul and Steve's scores, I believe, are highlighted as well. So you'll be able to test yourself against us. Link is in the description for that one. We'll be back tomorrow, I believe, with the Uncensored Match Build-Up show. Rossi will be doing the Oppo preview later with Flav, Flav yeah. uh, for the Tottenham game on Redmen Plus. I'll be doing the stat show tomorrow um, on Redmen Plus, looking back at the Villarreal game. So get over there and get signed up uh, as, a, as a member of Redmen Plus, and we'll see you soon. Try.